It's the 120 podcast. Mikey Fernelli, Benjamin Hootie coming at you live from I'm in Cary, Illinois. Ben's in normal. You we you were in Chicago last night for a concert. Yeah. Luke Combs, right? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet. Great concert, great vibe. Came out in a Bears jersey during his encore, wore a Bears hat the entire time. And then Riley Green as well uh was uh playing before him. He was in a Cub shirt. Uh, he awesome. came. He came back out in the Cub shirt when he uh, when Luke Combs needed a little backup during the show. So pretty cool show. Uh, great vibes. Yeah. So it's five twenty, and regardless to any like seasons before when games would take longer, for lack of a better term, there today's game just ended. Of course, it's Sunday when we're recording this. A fourteen inning disaster. Uh, I spent my afternoon. Most of it with Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer on the Xfinity Cubs radio network um, plug that we don't actually have there. It's just what they call it. But um, I was doing some yard work at my house first and then my grandparents house because I'm back home and I was listening to the Cubs. Um, I probably put in the headphones first for Zach Zayman in the fifth inning, left two on then. Then I was in the car for the 11th and 12th inning, left two on then. Then I was in the shower listening, left some more runners on. Just unfortunate today, Ben, what happened. And I heard a first. I heard a very first time in my years listening to Pat and Ron. I heard a Pat Hughes bathroom break. Now, normally he takes the normally he takes the fifth inning off, and Zach Zayman does it, as you know. And so that was common. That's what he did today. But that's probably when he, you know, takes care of business. I'm not, you know. And today they come back for the top of the 12th. I'm in the car driving back to my grandparents. And Ron Coomer's calling play-by-play like he's Vin Scully. <laughs> Ron's telling me about Arias' at-bat. Oh, two for Arias? And, and that's an at-bat. There, there he is. He's talking with his, like, Chicago accent that almost sounds Canadian. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, un, unceremoniously, you hear the headset get back on, and here comes Pat, who I can't imitate his voice because he's a Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm not, I, I dare not. But it was it almost reminded me of when we do that uh, through ISU baseball and stuff like that, when we'll get up and take a quick break and whoever's still there just opens it from the bump. So uh, they're just like you and me. Pat Hughes has to relieve himself sometimes, too. Absolutely incredible. I love I love that. I was listening for like because I was on the ride home, whatever, was running errands. So I, I had majority of the game on 670, but basically all of extra innings. I was sitting here and what felt like a wasted two hours of uh of my life that i could have been working on on finals and whatnot for this week but you know cubs cubs always got to come first um i do this and yeah i i I am emotionally invested but yes it is a w of a weekend nonetheless series win nonetheless good to head back home and win two out of three against Miami after an abysmal series in Washington and hopefully carry that same winning home energy into a series against St. Louis. It's funny because I love that we record these episodes on Sundays. Like if we were recording midweek this past week, we would have been a disaster. Yeah. Like, cause, but we could do a little recap. Cubs Cubs lost three out of four to Washington and just, and, and got swept over the weekend or last weekend, we were in higher hopes then, but uh, you lose three out of four to Washington. Not a good look for a team that is very much rebuilding. You go back into the weekend, you nearly pull off the sweep of Miami, but two out of three is a good thing 
And there's also some other good things that I think we're going to get touch on throughout the episode. Well, the, the struggle in Washington was that there were some strong starts. Uh, there was Marcus Stroman, namely. Smiley had a decent start. They were having low-scoring games. I think today I saw something on Twitter that said today's Cubs game went 14 innings, and it was the first time the over had hit in a Cubs game in a week. Like, it was the Cubs were playing these low-scoring games. They were uh, in Washington losing games they should win, and ultimately they couldn't hit with runners on. And what more um, could have happened less today than that? I mean, for I, I just did a whole circle to say that, but – that was the big key today. Yeah, for sure. And you you put you said in the opener too, runners in scoring position. That's been the Cubs' kryptonite the last really I don't know probably like two weeks now. Teams get into these funks. Teams get into these stretches where they can't score with runners in scoring positions. Frankly, we've seen Cubs teams that haven't been able to score with runners in scoring position for an entire year. Hopefully this doesn't stick because you got a lot of good contact bats in that lineup. Just a couple of guys struggling. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say you can really make a, a big emphasis this week with St. Louis, but this could be, this is a big week for the Cubs for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's what you said. Like you can't, it's not like a, all right, here's your big test, St. Louis, because St. Louis is underwhelming in this season so far. But every game against St. Louis feels more important. And second, you need to win. Like, if you're going to, like, be one of those teams that only wins at home, lean into that. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, like, like I'm okay with it. Like, you play half your games at home. And if we're going to be a – like, if we're aiming to be about a 90-win team, you can win, you know – I'm not going to put a number to it, but you win most of your home games, win series is at home, and then win an occasional road series, you'll be okay. But lean into that. Right. Like today, whatever. We, we're making fun of it, but like 14 innings, what are you going to do? But to win the first two, that's good. So if the Cubs are going to be the Warriors of the MLB and have a, be the best team at home and be the worst team on the road, lean into it. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to have to t- go against St. Louis. You're going to have to take at least two to three on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. There, there's just so many topics I think we could talk about from the weekend, but I did like how I, I before we like move on from this Marlin series because, yeah, I mean, great starts all weekend. Mm-hmm. Drew Smiley got hit around a little bit. His pitch count was super high, but the yeah. bullpen was absolute nails yesterday. Um, Michael Rucker, Albert Alzali, uh, Mark Leiter Jr., just to name a few. Who yep. those, those are just a few guys that. Adbert, you know, he got he was going two innings. He he balked in a run, which was tough. But Adbert and Mark Leiter Jr. have just been phenomenal out of the bullpen. Keegan Thompson went three innings yesterday as well, and then this this weekend as well. Hayden Wesneski, he is getting he is starting to look like the Wesneski that we want to see. He's still yes. getting he's still getting hit around a little bit, but he's 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 able to limit the damage. That that's what he's been able to do the last couple of last couple of starts. He he's getting hit around a little bit, but he's not letting up the big inning. I think he went six today with one run. Yeah, he well, it was it was a no decision, obviously. Him yeah. and Alcantara both had a had a bit of a duel going uh, through the first five innings. That was kind of the the bottom line of this game through the first five six innings was that they had a bit of a pitcher's duel, and then that kind of blended into a pretty non. Uh, exciting game at the plate. a game that man, Rob Manfred probably hated if he was up in the skybox with his California rule runner and pitch clock. It was one of those games that like it was, should have been a one, two to one ball game, honestly, without all the free runners, but that's neither here nor there. 
considering, as you mentioned early on in your statement there, that Mark Leiter Jr. and Abbott today and before his block, but Mark Leiter Jr., both in the series against Washington and today, lights out. He he is turned into one of those players that I didn't know if he would actually make the major league team this year, but now that he's here, uh, kind of a couple weeks in, he is very beneficial to this Cubs bullpen. I'm trying to look up his exact stats now because I'm kind of just talking from from the gut, but yeah, you go right ahead. You said it earlier in the year, and I as you're saying this, I, I just remembered you saying it. Like you I remember you saying, is Mark Leiter like one of those guys that just comes out of nowhere this year? Like isn't yes. even supposed to make the roster and he just ends up being one of your go-to guys. He is. He he is I mean, you you have to start the Cubs obviously don't have a closer right now. It's, it's I thought pretty, I was about to, I was literally about to say it's like, it's pretty evident. Yeah. He's starting to get into that territory where you can have yeah. a discussion. Is yeah. is he the guy that you're going to go to the most in the ninth inning? He has one save on the year, three last year, so four in total with the Cubs, but that was kind of in um, no Weird man's times. land. Yeah. yeah, no man's land towards the end of last year. But now that you're going to try and compete, I think Mark Leiter could be your closer, at least until you try and find another option eventually if you need to. But I think he's someone you could look to. Not to say he's not a great setup guy, but you don't have that option at your disposal. I think he it depends on how a certain game is going if you're playing i'm just going to use a team for example i know i'm pretty sure they're done playing the dodgers for the year but if you're playing the dodgers and you and we already saw it earlier in the season and you have freeman muncie and one other one an outman i guess you could say those three lefties come up in a row in that lineup you put lighter in that situation because he's so good against the lefties and you don't have a good left-handed reliever in that pen right now because Hughes is back on the IL. But if it's a situation where you're not necessarily scared about a team's lefties and it's a close game, then I think you start leaning towards using Mark lighter in the, uh, in the ninth inning with that, that just wicked split fastball. I was wondering if James Alman was still going as crazy as he is. Because I'm not really following along with the Dodgers. I um, think he's still the probably the top guy for rookies. It's still, early. It's early. Yeah, he's but, still he's still he's still 274. Um, I don't think he's hits. hit a home run since the Cubs. He, no, no home runs his last five games. Three hits, uh, five runs, only one run batted in. So he's not at that um, Ken Griffey Jr. level he was in Wrigley, of course. But he is he is still continuing a pretty hot start as that random Dodgers player, as we called him just a couple of weeks ago, but not to get too off topic. Yes. The pitching has kind of locked in for some of the guys. And I think you can find your closer among the staff. If you have to, I think Abbott has the stuff possibly. I think Mark Leiter has the stuff possibly, but you're going to have to put yourself in situations now where you're going to need a closer. And recently they have it. They've either been playing from behind or losing. It's it's a good it's a good group of relievers that right now we, we've taught, we talked about the depth earlier in the season and it's a, it's a good group of uh, relievers where there's not a standout guy who is your closer, but you have guys that you are going to fully flesh out this year. And you know, that I think there's, I think there's multiple relief. Most relievers come and go. I think there's, at least four to five relievers on this team that are part of the next great Cubs team. We hear yeah. that all the time, but you, you you said it. Adbert, we'll see what happens with Mark Leiter. I'd assume that because the Cubs gave a chance on him, he wouldn't just walk away from us. Um, Keegan, Brandon Hughes, 
just to name a few. So we'll see where the closer thing, <laughs> I don't know, the the whole yeah, situation yeah. with that ends up going. But there, you got you got good guys in that bullpen that could potentially take over that role in the future. And it looks like they're kind of starting to lean into Adbert as that guy, potentially. Well, yeah, they, they tried him as a starter for so long and throughout injuries and stuff like that. And I think Adbert's finally kind of leaning into the – all right, I'll be I'll be a setup guy. I'll be a reliever and see what happens from there. I mean, it happens to a lot of young starters that get injured. They don't have the stuff you think, and you become a, a reliever and potentially a closer. I mean, Kerry Wood was on Marquee on uh, Saturday all night, all day, talking about his yeah. career with the Cubs and how he had that trajectory. And it's not a extremely uncommon thing for a pitcher. So I don't think it's any knock on Albert Azalai to say he could go from a potential, you know star starter to a, a decent closer no yeah for sure one guy that we haven't talked about that we can touch on really quick because you know everyone's starting to cover him yeah. um justin justin Steele's starting to get into jake Arrieta territory oh yeah and apparently he's a huge DraftKings daily fantasy guy you sent me that text and i was trying to look into it where did you hear that at so it was i was yeah I you could tell the story yeah, it was it was not it was I watched the whole game yesterday, but Marquee had some great programming yesterday. They were doing a celebration of the 25th anniversary of Kerry Woods game and so our 20 strikeout game. So they had the like K signs and Kerry up in the booth of the seventh, and T Mac was going around interviewing people. And T Mac um was in the stands with some fans, but then they cut over to uh Tyone, who's what who grew up an Astros fan in the dugout. And they were asking him, they were supposed to be asking him if he remembers watching that game, but he kind of shut it down early in the interview saying like, oh no, I remember watching, I don't really remember, I was 10. So, so then Boog was kind of just asking him like questions off the dome from there. Because the interview was supposed to be about Kerry Wood and that just fell flat. So he's asking about um, like various members of the Cubs pitching staff and why he picked the Cubs. And then he's saying, trying to fish for compliments about Justin Steele. And he gives him the compliments, he gives him his roses. And then <laughs> Talion's like, Oh, also, he makes really good golf and basketball bets and then, like, hesitates for a second and goes, on DraftKings Daily Fantasy because he, does, he wants to make sure it sounds completely legal. And it just made me think of you and it made me think of us on Fliff or anything like that. Um, and I was, like, just truly one of one of us. God, I I love I love that guy. I Justin Steele, just the way that he's progressed over the last two years. And that's a that's an incredible story. It was and it was pretty I funny. love how he had to like dig himself out of a hole there just he, so you realize he was being chill the whole interview, and then like that was the one time he kind of like snapped his neck. He was like, Oh, I should probably clarify. Because I I was talking to my dad about it after I think legally they still can like do like regular DraftKings or FanDuel or Barstool or anything like that for basketball, probably right? As long as it's not baseball. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know. I don't know. Because like an 18 year old can do DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Like I was doing like when I was like in high school with my friends on Daily Fantasy. So that's not illegal because it's not on a sports book. It's just fantasy. Yeah, I bet if they stay away from baseball, they're good. Let's just not have what happened in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Happened to the Chicago Cubs. No. No, but that's way off topic. It was a funny story. But yeah, Justin Steele is entering that territory where he is truly that guy on this Cubs team that will be remembered as the ace of this pitching staff. I mean, Stroman had a great start uh, to the season and he's done pretty well since. We're still waiting on the return of Kyle Hendricks, but Justin Steele is becoming that guy that's your number one. 
Oh, yeah. And he's going to be the number one all year long. Stroman has been awesome. Um, Tyone got hit around a little bit, but he's back and he's going to start to fully kind of flush himself out. Wesneski, we talked about already. But Steele has just been you, – you go into every ball game with Justin Steele on the mound at this point expecting to win. And it's it, it it feels so good because the Cubs have been searching for that guy for really since you Darvish left after 2020. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, I was, I was starting to touch on it, but just the way Steele has progressed over the last – two or three years. I mean, he was on the, t- he, he was a reliever when Rizzo and Bryant and all those guys were, you know, just starting to kind of right before they got shipped out of town. And yeah. we saw how electric his stuff was back then. Then last year he becomes a starter and it's a tough start. But then that second half of the season, you see the graphic all the time. If you're a Cubs fan and ever since the all-star break of last year, he hasn't given up more than two runs in a start. I love the comparison you made earlier on in this episode to him and Jake Arrieta. I mean, it really is there, both in the trajectory of their career at this point, in their stuff, and their swagger. It's all there. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, just like the way that he hops off the mound after a big yeah. strikeout, just hitting his chest, getting absolutely hyped. Gets, I mean, I... I would hate to see Justin Fields or just Justin Fields. Jesus, wrong sport. Uh, Justin Steele pitch anywhere else but the friendly confines every single one of his starts because I think he thrives off that energy. Recent college graduate Justin Fields. Did you see that? Oh, really? I I, I literally, I, when, when you were saying something, I was looking through Twitter and I saw something about Fields, but I kind of just scrolled yeah. past it. No, he was, he was uh, I didn't see much details on it, so uh, forgive me if I – and misspoke misspeaking, but I saw something that he completed his requirements to graduate from uh, Ohio State. So good for uh good for JF1, the oh Ohio State University. But anyway, that's way off topic. This brings in the main focus of our episode and our central question today, which I will probably promote this episode as. Where do you think? Oh no, Ben is something before I say it. Ben is something. Our prayers have been answered. I mean, we've been preaching this pitching pitching staff. Matt Mervis is on the team. <laughs> yes, and that's what I was going to get to with. Oh my bad, my the, bad. With the segue, Ben. But no, that is yes. Matt Mervis is on the team, and yes, he's made an impact. A couple RBIs already. A hit every day. Two today. Um, just a just a great batter, a great dude, a great family he comes from. I love that keeping interviewing his family in the crowd. Um, just just awesome. And we were just having like a ten minute discussion last episode about who was to come up first, Mervis or Morrell, and why they both deserve it, and all this, but. Before we go into this next topic that has a lot to do with Mervis, Ben, where are you at on big number 22? Oh, I'm so happy. It's just so cool. Just, and I'm so happy Rossi left him in the lineup all three days. Like mm-hmm. he gave Mancini a day off today for Hosmer and Hosmer actually came, <laughs> came through with a pretty big hit late in that game there off Sandy Alcantara. So yeah. if you could slide Hosmer into that role, that's perfect. Give, give Mancini and, Mervis, all the at-bats in the world, because if you want to win, that's your first base DH combo this year, not Mancini Hosmer. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it it just was so cool seeing he had two hits today, I know. Um two big RBIs in the in the previous wins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we haven't seen that power yet, but mm-hmm. he also the Marlins have some pretty good pitching. You get you got it yeah. like Oh yeah. They got some great dudes. So well, yeah. 
Um, and I think he's remained very composed throughout. Like even, I mean, I was only listening to the radio today, but even in the 12th, he stepped up for, or the 11th with two on, ended up grounding out. But they said, I mean, he, this whole series, he's looked, had the same expression when he goes up to the plate. He's excited, but he's not afraid of the moment. And he's yeah. there, he's ready for it. He's 25 years old. He's ready for it. He kind of came out of the, out of nothing um, in the last two years as a, random prospect to one of the highest rated cub prospects and he is totally ready to to grip the bat and hit it this season and i i love that it's so funny because like and we'll get into this right after i say this but he has such a light swing for a yeah. guy that's hit like almost 45 home runs the last two minor league seasons he like like most like all the big power hitters in the league just like you can tell like every time they go up there they're like just ready to just hit the piss out of the ball. Like he goes up there and he kind of just like, I don't know why it's just like, it seems so like effortless for him when he's up there. No way. I pulled some scrap paper out of my desk because I'm at home for the first time since we recorded last time when I was at home. And I have from our X factor episode, a deep cut for your, for the 120 fans. Um, I had my like three X factor players written down and I wrote down Wisniewski, Bellinger and Mervis talk about three stars in today's game. How about that? I love that. I had no idea that they would be the stars of a random game on May 7th. Uh, Bellinger, obviously, with a nice run today to tie it up. Mervis with another two-hit performance, or two hits, his first two-hit performance, and Wesneski with a quality start. So that brings in the question, Benjamin Hootie. On August 1st, and this is an idea I pitched to you on Texas morning, on August 1st, um, 2023, at 7.05, barring another pandemic or an alien encounter or a zombie apocalypse the cubs will play the reds so where do we think this cubs lineup will be by august and this will be kind of fun to revisit because now that mervis has cracked the majors you start to think about christopher morrell and maybe some other names and maybe some potential trades so where do we think we are in august with the chicago cubs we'll just kind of go position by position and this will give us a chance to talk about some of the guys that have really stake their spot so we'll start at the one we talked about the pitching staff already i'll ask you one question when kyle Hendricks comes back in this time period who is getting cut who's on the chopping block i don't want to cut any of them that's but why they don't necessarily have to get cut but who's getting cut from the starting oh no, i know that's the part that's so disappointing because like i don't it, it's so tough i don't I know, know. I don't – when Kyle Hendricks is back, I legitimately do not know what you do because I don't think you take Wesneski's stuff out of that rotation. Oh. Yeah. And then who, who else? Smiley has been nails this year besides, you know, getting hit around at the beginning of the year. And, you know, just yesterday the pitch count was high. Like it wasn't even like he had that awful of a start. No. And Stroman and Steele obviously aren't going anywhere. And then it kind of circles back on Tyone, but you you've paid him a lot of money to come pitch big games for the they're Cubs. Not, they're not gonna they're not gonna sit Tyone. If anything, I feel like Smiley's the number one lined up at this. Unfortunately, because he's been great, um, but you're not gonna not let Kyle Hendricks start. And Smiley has been knocked up the most of a pretty flawless starting pitching staff in the last two weeks. And I'm picking my words. I'm picking my words. Well, I, th- I think with this, because they've all been pretty great. It's kind of like, it, it's a tough thing. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Like 
we talked about earlier in the year the depth that this pitching staff could have. And now that Kyle Hendricks is back, it's like, what do you do? I don't I don't think you you Wesneski is just starting to get his confidence now. You can't take that away from him. So it's it's like a two-way street. You want to have Kyle Hendricks start games, but you almost feel like this pitching staff is it it's already it's not perfect, but it's it's getting it's leading you to wins and it's letting the offense it's let it's it's really just on at this point the last two weeks it's just been the offense hasn't been hitting well the pitching hasn't really done anything bad at all. Oh, we'll move on from the pitching staff. I think because, yeah, I think that's a question yeah. that like we just David Ross oh. has to answer for us. Yeah, and we I wrote down in my paper here I drew out a diamond so we can kind of like go over it once we're done. I wrote Smiley question mark Wesneski question mark injury question mark and the third one's the most important because chances are. And I'm not wishing this upon anyone. That's bad. But like, chances are, you know, all six won't be healthy by the time August comes around. Correct. This is the way that averages work. So they might be able to, you know, they might need an extra person by then, For and sure. no one will have to worry about it. Now, behind the dish, who are they throwing to? This is another tough one. Luis Torrens now not on the roster. Barnhart still, still, Bar- yeah, Barnhart still up there on the roster. Jan Gomes up there, and now the newest addition to the Cubs before Matt Mervis with his first hit yesterday and an awesome rendition of Go Cubs Go, Miguel Amaya. I, yeah. They'll probably, still, they'll probably still be using two guys, I would think. I mean, they carried three catchers all year right. long, so well, I, don't they, know, yeah. I don't know why you don't consider Amaya there. I'd say barring an injury, August 1st, we're pro- it's, it's probably still Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart. Um, Gomes before he got concussed was hitting the ball extremely well and Barnhart's that veteran you signed for a reason. And okay, you keep going. The thing about Amaya too, is like, it's kind of like the morale thing from last year where it's a great story because he had dealt with so much the last two years with Tommy John surgery and just not being able to stay healthy, but he's in double a this year and he's been hitting the crap out of the ball and even in the majors like he only has one hit to his name but he is he is he's crapping on the ball like he is legitimately right but it's just he's just running into outs yeah i i want to keep him on this roster is the thing but we'll get into it when we talk about the three the you know the third position of first base i just don't know how much he'll play yeah like i mean i i like that they've what they've done and what Ross has done and what Jed has probably done from a higher position, you know, putting the word down to the system. I like that when they've called up guys this year, they've let them play like Mervis and Amaya both playing all the games this weekend. But um, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't see where you, unless young Gomes specifically hits goes on really hard times. I don't see where you turn down this Gomes and Gomes and uh, Barnard combo. Yeah. It's going to be tough to change. Cause yeah, exactly. You said it. Hoyer, Hoyer had a plan specifically because he didn't want to bring back Wilson Contreras, which, whoo, yeah, that, that's a whole thing that we could talk about this episode too, but I don't want to get into it. Um, maybe, maybe we'll wait and see what the sample pool is in Wilson's return to Wrigley before we bash oh. on him. Because he's he's going to, then he's, it's going to be karma. Ooh. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see Miguel Amaya on this roster, but I think you, you give him the games when you can, and then next year you move into him as 
a full-time catcher. Yeah. First base. Does this leave us now with an everyday 22? That's my thoughts. Or most Yeah, days. I think I think he's there. I think he's there it's for it. the rest of the year. I don't think unless he slumps so hard and he's striking out a lot and he's not seeing major league pitching well, Mervis is there all year. So with a little on. bit of, with a little bit of Mancini in there, but I think we could do that at the DH. Yeah. What do you what do you think they do with Hosmer? Yeah, I mean, so are we? I think. Do you think it's fair to say, at least on like a death lineup, like we can write Mancini in as like the DH? Oh yeah, I think okay. yeah. And by death lineup, I mean like put your best nine, ten out there. We could put uh, some slashes next to Mancini when some other positions come up, but yeah. I think Mancini is going to play majority of games this season. Well, I also, I also wrote down notable reserves, and I already put Maya there too, as potential. Um, but. I will say, well, even then, I feel like whoever the veteran catcher is who doesn't start will be a notable reserve then, too. About Hosmer, though, your question. I, I think he kind of has to fall into that role he had today, right? You already kind of said it. I think he kind of has to be – maybe he has to accept it's getting towards the end of his rope. He's getting paid from, like, three different teams right now, kind of <laughs> kind of coasting out, and he kind of gets that Daniel Descalso treatment where he <laughs> just – Rides the the dugout for the rest of the season, and you're not going to cut him. You don't want you don't want veteran free agents to be like, oh, look at what they did to, to Eric. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to cut him. You're just going to kind of say like, hey, you'll still be around as a vet and a hit and a pinch hits opportunity, but you just you know you you're not going to you're not going to not play Mancini, and you're not going to not bring up Mash and not play him. Yeah, I it's I it's weird. It's. I think that they want to keep him around. And I've heard that I've, I've seen that Hosmer wants, like he was, he was ready for Mervis to come up at some point and that he wanted to, to guide him on what it's like to be a major league first baseman. And I respect that. And it seems like a lot of guys in the clubhouse do respect him, but limit the playing time, figure out the right positions to put him in. If you're going to use him as an at bat. But if he can be that veteran voice in that locker room, which there is a lot of veteran voices in it, but he seems to be one of the loudest. Yeah. Keep him around unless you have, you have to make a decision where there's so many potential roster spots open where he needs, where things need to come into play. You don't want to trade him for a bag of peanuts unless somebody really overpays for him. Correct. You don't want to, you don't want to cut him or DFA him because like I said, you don't want that just look, you don't want that look for such a for a, a former all-star veteran. Um it's a really tough thing. It really is. And that's why I'm kind of at a loss for words. It happens every year, and that's kind of what he knew. He had to have known that when he signed with the Cubs. And he think and I think he's okay with with that at this point. So he had a nice hit today coming in off the off the bench. And I think that's the role he should stick with for now. And hopefully that's where he still looks in August. So I guess I'll write him down as a notable reserve. We move on to the middle infielders for the love of everything. Holy Wrigley field, Virginia McCaskey and the rest of the Chicago gods. We need the middle infield to remain the same by August, right? It's got to still be Horner and Swanson. Yeah. It won't change. I don't even think that's a right end. I mean, it won't change. It won't change organically, but I'm saying, I just hope that nothing unforeseen happens for either of them. Yeah. And if it does, you have some depth there in the minors. Not even gonna mention it. Let's just let's just move on. Yeah. Horner, Horner and Swanson forever. Um yeah, third base. Those are the two big issoes in uh shoe ins. Um third base. 
Slappy Nick Madrigal has has shown some promise recently. Patrick Wisdom has slowed down but had a great start. Who is in the hot corner come August 1st? I'm going to probably go with my gut and say Wisdom. I'm going to lean Wisdom, but the value that Nick Madrigal is bringing to this roster right now, it's it's pretty... David Ross is starting to learn how to use Nick Madrigal the correct way. And... Yeah, I mean, he. I think at this point in the season, he is the biggest shoe-in for reserve guy, and he's almost forcing the Cubs' hand, which I'm assuming we'll talk about him in a bit, but he's forcing the Cubs' hands not even to kind of think about morale at this point because he is kind of becoming that ultimate utility guy for them on the bases, and he's, he's flashing the leather over there at third, which is something we did not think would work out, but Hell, it is, and yeah, he. I mean, it, he's he's starting to become the player that White Sox fans told us he's supposed to be. I think White Sox fans thought he had way more power, despite him being always slappy Nick. But he, I mean, I expect no long balls, but he gets hits like almost as much as anyone else in this team. Like he gets hits, and in big moments he gets hits. In the first inning, when it doesn't matter, he gets hits. Mm-hmm. Like he, and it's always just a little slappy hit out to right somewhere smart. I that guy can get hits and that's why he's still a valuable member of this team. Although I think wisdom is still your August 1st, third baseman, not for that game specifically. I don't know who's pitching, but like come that time. Yeah. If wisdom's hitting in that seven, eight hole (laughs) in August 1st. And by that point, I don't know what's he going to have 25 dingers. Yeah. That's perfect. That's all you could ask for. And I think wisdom Wisdom's a guy that they trust at this point. He's been around for so long, and they like what he can bring to the table offensively and defensively. And, yeah, I I think he'll start here on out to August 1st, majority of the games in the hot corner. Does that leave – before we get into the, the fun in the outfield, does that leave Hap still in left daily? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would think so. All right, well, all right. We'll pencil him in there at 7 in left. And then probably Cody's still in center. Uh, probably. Uh, yeah, unless we fall out of contention. That's the only situation. Well, we're we're in bigger trouble if we fall out of contention. I don't think Bell I don't think Belly's the only one who's Oh no, I'm just saying if we do fall out of contention, then you can get a nice haul for Cody Ballinger. So we have Gomes and Barnhart combo. Um Starters, starting staff with Hendricks, Mervis, Horner, Swanson, Wisdom, Mancini as the designated hitter, notable reserves in Hosber, Madrigal, and potentially Amaya if he's not down in Iowa, which leaves one single spot open for any combo of Seiya, Nelson Velasquez, Christopher Morrell, Brennan Davis. And you would think that just based on any kind of money or like commitment, it's got to be Suzuki. But th- where does that leave Christopher Morrell? And does that mean it's time to trade any combination of the three other three I mentioned for a closer for another option for this team? It's tough. This is tough. We we cornered ourselves in to really pick one out of three or four guys who really could be out there and right. I think it's still Saya come August 1st. I don't think Saya is going anywhere. And no. I know people have been negative about him the last couple of days, but he's still like he got the day off today and he 
had a tough day yesterday, but he still gets the hits when you need him. Now, when it comes to those other guys, I don't know. I it we talked about it in the HAP extension video where now it gives you the flexibility to move one of those young outfielders that they have for um for a, a pitcher or a, a reliever or some I don't know, something that you need. It's tough because like Brennan Davis should probably be on this roster. If they, the Cubs were complete garbage, Brennan Davis is probably playing on the Cubs right now. Yeah. But Brennan Davis has also been kind of the if what but when for years. Like he's like they they said it during CubsCon that he's kind of become the like senior of the farm. Like d- at what point do you just say like he's not gonna get enough here? Let's trade him while he still has some value. I hate to, I really hate to say it, but there's no spot for him. And like you're he's not even first in line to find a spot. That's Morel, the great like quote, the greatest hitter in professional baseball. And at this point, too, I would say Nelly, Nelly Velasquez is in front of him as well. Yeah, just because we so, have a sample of what Velasquez can do. It's I never thought a day would come. Sorry to cut you off. I never thought a day would come when we would talk about if Brandon Davis would ever make his Chicago Cubs debut and not really because of injuries this season, but because there's just no room for him. But this is a real scenario in 2023. Yeah, it, it truly is. And you know, I hope to see him one day, and I think I think he'll get here. The, the injuries are bound to happen. You want you want to stay healthy for a full 162, but injuries are bound to happen. And I think after Morrell, Davis is that next guy where it's like, hey, you want to get a shot? And uh, we we just got to see how it goes. But yeah, when it comes to Morrell, though, he might not be starting on August first, but I think he's on this roster by august 1st you don't think yeah. so no i think no, no no i think so but i just get concerned where and like i almost like wish i could know where there's going to be a hole like either somebody just completely slumps or somebody gets hurt like i feel like you could probably tool them somewhere else like the cubs have been not afraid this year to play players where they're uncomfortable but like I just don't know where. And they, it just, he just, he got unlucky. He had a bad spring. He had to start downstairs and he just, now he wants to come up. And it's like, who do you say, okay, sorry, that's time to limit your time. I'm not even like, I don't even know if he comes up in a, in a capacity where he's a, a starter, but he gets to be that utility guy. And I know, I don't know if you have him penciled in right now, but, you know, there could be two roster spots potentially open once. Well, once Amaya's gone and, you know, Velasquez could cool off and they'll be like, those two could just trade spots, essentially. I mean, I, yeah, but I'm totally with you that he needs to be on this roster. And but, that's that's yeah. where the that's where the whole Hosmer thing comes back. Into yeah, play. The Jed's whole thing and Rossi or whoever it's been together, maybe their whole thing has been when we're going to call a guy up to be part of the next great Cubs team, we're not going to sit him. So where does that fall? Where does that create a spot for Morel? This is tough. They've they've kind of made a tough bed. Now they have to sleep in it. We always talk about, especially Cubs fans, play the best nine, play the best nine, play the best nine. So now it's now it's kind of starting to be that conversation of have the best twenty six. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. It it's a great problem to have, but it also is frustrating because, you know, some of these games. They could potentially win if they 
did have the best 26. You you there are games where you fully use your roster like they did today. Yeah. And well yeah, you're going to have the 14 inning thrillers, but there's also the the hour 45 minute 9 inning games that count for just another kind of just one win too. So where does this leave Okay, so we're going to say say it for now, right? Yep. Where does this leave us bullpen wise? Does it look the same? Do we try and make some kind of improvement with any of those bonus outfielders? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. yeah. You got yeah. it. Yeah. I saw I saw a funny trade on I love I love scrolling through Facebook and seeing like uh <laughs> the weirdest articles come up on my on my page. And there was one about the Cubs trading for Aroldis Chapman, who's kind of uh, rejuvenated his career in Kansas City. And the article started off with something like, the Cubs are not going to have to give up a King's ra- uh, an arm and a leg like they did in 2016. <laughs> but, but here's the trade that I, I that I offer for Aroldis Chapman to come back to the win- to the Windy City, which I wouldn't be against if it's the right price. This, but you're, you're quoting a trade that somebody else. Yes, yeah, so this guy put together a trade. Um, our number five prospect, Jordan Wicks, and two other prospects, which one of them I think was Johendrick Piango. I'm sorry. If the Cubs give up the the value that is Jordan Wicks for a Roldis Chapman, I, I might, I might, I might light the city on fire. Do you... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you... Does Davis enter that thought process? Davis for Chapman? No, not one and one. Wait, what do you mean by that? Like, like, do, do, does Brennan Davis ever scratch the surface of possibly parting, being part of a package that gets us Chapman or someone of equal or greater value? I think. I think if you're looking to trade Brennan Brennan Davis, you are looking to trade for. Uh, close to an, an elite closer. I think that val- I think the value is still there. To... So you're indirect, you're indirectly saying that it could be Chapman. I'm not saying Chapman. I I I don't even think Chapman's proven enough. I'm talking about like, I don't know. Let's just say the. I, I don't even remember who's off contract after the next year. Let's just say Baltimore falls off. And they're looking to trade Batista. Then Brennan Davis comes into it like a trade conversation. If you're if yes. the Cubs are looking to get Batista yes. or Duran's on the block from Minnesota, or I don't know, but I don't those think are both, you... those are both teams though that are about the Cubs level where they're gonna have to they're gonna have so will the Cubs in about two months are gonna have to decide where are we, what are we gonna do? Right. So I mean, Minnesota and Baltimore are not your Houston, they're not your um, you're theoretically in New York, even though they're not doing all that well. Like they're not your team. That's like, we know we're not sellers, but it's not going to, it's not um, going to be an easy call for the twins or the Orioles as it, as it won't be an easy call for Jed and the Cubs either. I'm just going to bring up another name that could potentially be on the block. If this team starts losing, which they are winning a lot right now, um, the Red Sox, like, let's just say if Jansen's available, I still don't think yeah, like no. I I still don't think like Brennan Davis is in a conversation for James. No, I, I wouldn't think so, but it's like if you're going to bring in a veteran closer, I know we're going to get fleeced on that deal. Like if, if they're pretending 
I like not pretending. If the Cubs are still around in July and are consider late July and are considering bringing in a veteran closer because they think they're going to go to the playoffs and they need somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, and the Mark Leiter experiment didn't work or something, what you're going to have to give up more than you should probably. No, a hundred percent. And I've I think seen it a thousand times we're just going to have to see where those conversations end up leading because, you know, you, maybe. Maybe they look for a, a, another premier starting pitcher this offseason if they lose Stroman. That's where those out. That's where I think those outfielders that the 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 surplus of outfielders that they have will come into play more than a potential closer. Yes, you need the, to get someone of some substance for years. Um, if you're going to trade Brendan Davis or Nelly. Or, or, uh, or I can't say it. You can't, no, you can't trade Morel. No, not, not Morel, not PCA, but like, a, a I haven't P- even really talked. I haven't really even thought about Pete Crow. I mean, I, I guess at this point, it's just not really his time this night. I mean, it's probably just not it this year. I mean, he's still pretty young. Yeah. I think if the Cubs were contending and belly were struggling, then you have a conversation about PCA like coming up in August. But right now, you center field's on lockdown. Yeah. Um, but there's, there is there, um, I can't talk since this episode's got me so confused and so frazzled my mind. This has been a good episode though, of just, you know, puzzles in our minds, but there's still a huge scenario where Bellinger gets traded because the Cubs pretend they're not competing anymore. And that's very valid. I mean, same thing happened with, uh, Jock Peterson. They were going to compete. They're going to compete. They're going to compete. And then all of a sudden, about a week, but you know, they lost 10 games in a row and they're like, okay, never mind. We're trading off everybody. So same thing could happen in any given year. Yeah. I mean, we'll hopefully, hopefully we're not thinking that way. August 1st, we are thinking August 1st, with a positive mindset where the team that we have right now is still the same team. And we are contending for the NL central and the pirates are not invincible anymore. So the NL central is up for grabs. Fraudulent. I told you guys. Frauds. They they've been frauds. They are awful. They're not good. And Mm -hmm. I think everyone in the NL Central is not very good right now. Go out there and take it. Take it. Get Mash a bat every day. Mm -hmm. Have him take. Have him with his light swing, despite his huge build, and his father with his awesome hair, and in the stands day in and day out. Give me number twenty-two. I'm not talking about Luis Torrens. Stole his roster spot and his number. I'm talking about Mash Mervis. That is our everyday guy now. And going over what Ben and I said, uh, the pitching staff remains pretty similar. Gomes and Barnhart, Mervis, Horner, Swanson, Wisdom, Hap, Bellinger, Seiya Suzuki. That's like almost the exact same it was this whole weekend. Stick with what you have, Cubs. But there needs to be a spot for Christopher Morrell at some point. Yeah? He's coming. He's coming. Whoa. Pause. He, he, he will be on the major league. <laughs> that, might be, that might be a rare cut. Oh, no, that's stated in there. That's All right, you, you decide. Oh, You're producing this one. We go, me and Ben go back and forth, and who's producing each one? He's in normal today, so he's going to produce it. I'm, oh, Jesus. This was, a, this was a good one, though. I think we, I think we had some good topics to talk yeah. about. I think that was a good, that was a good question. Potential interview coming at you next week for the 120 pod. St. Louis week. St. Louis week. Beat them while they're down. Please. 
Yep. I've never, ever in my whole lifetime seen a bird contend with a bear, even mm. a baby bear. Mm. Mm. Boring city visits uh, one of the best cities in the world. Right as summertime shy opens up here in May. And uh, Wrigley's going to be rocking if it's a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Highest crowd at the stadium today, actually, of the season so far. But that record will be bashed again by next weekend, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And for Benjamin Hootie, I'm Mikey Fernelli. That was another edition of the 120 Podcast. Thank you, and go Cubs. Go Cubs.